0: Welcome to the Grey Wolf Podcast. Here we go for episode two of Grey Wolf Unsolved. It is Ned joined by my main man John Fitzgerald. Johnny, how are you,
1: doing? <laughs> I'm uh, I'm really good, man. Uh, fresh off an awesome episode one, I actually listened back to it uh, a few times now with my other half, and I was actually quite impressed at our research going down that rabbit hole, man. But uh, we do appreciate everyone who's got behind the first episode. Hopefully, this is going to turn into a very interesting series.
0: Yeah, and when you say our work, it's really your work, man, because you are the one who's delving down this rabbit hole. I'm just they're shocked and trying not to get creeped out but episode one was a damn good one and we are following things up with episode two of grey wolf unsolved if you don't know the deal here we're just basically taking a look over the great series that is unsolved mysteries on netflix johnny
1: yeah exactly man and as you said before uh, you know the first case was an absolute absolute doozy and there were so many theories on that wait till you hear some about our second case here the second episode of course of unsolved mysteries titled 13 minutes uh, about a young lady who went missing and was found 600 days later only 10 miles from where she apparently was abducted which is a little bit bizarre but we'll get into get into the theory shortly man but this one had a a very shady character in it being the, the husband who we'll, we'll talk quite a bit about but tell you what the first couple episodes have a bit of a theme of you know how to get away with a murder or how to get away with a crime i tell you what there's maybe some links in there somewhere some sloppy police work potentially but we'll go down that rabbit hole yeah, shortly it's
0: interesting you say this because on first watch my initial reaction was the husband total creep ball. Yeah, I like yeah, did yeah. not think he did it. We'll jump into this a little bit more but you're straight away thinking man
1: Yeah, that's where my mind goes and, and like I did mention just before when we we're talking this reeks of like an old Unsolved Mysteries episode because you know a lot of those ones from the 80s were a lot of disappearances very similar to this one and then you watch the 2010 series with Dennis Farina and there were a lot of updates on these ones and nine times out of ten it's either the, the husband's done it and they just confessed to it later on or they found that key evidence or someone confesses to it in prison which is like a, a classic unsolved mysteries case from the 1980s and earlier that i've it just sort of had that vibe to it for me and one that we may not get the answer to anytime soon but as we did mention in the first episode a lot of these cases are now being reopened and reinvestigated given the show so it'd be very interesting to see if maybe with the second half of this season whether they have an update on this one
0: yeah well let's see because you describe this as to me as more sad than being really mysterious yeah. so let's jump into it johnny do you want to kick things off?
1: Certainly can, my man. So we'll run through the synopsis here for people that haven't seen the episode. So at noon on April 15th, 2004, two of Patrice's regular customers arrive at Tampa's Trim and Tan. Sounds like a place you'd hang out, man. Oh, yes, indeed. <laughs> the salon for their scheduled appointments. The owner and hairstylist, Patrice, is nowhere to be found. Her purse and keys are on the desk. Her lunch is still warm in the microwave and her car is parked at an odd angle in front of the salon. Not in its usual place. When they see the cash drawer is empty, the two women know something is seriously wrong, so they call nine one one. The search for Patrice begins immediately.
0: Yeah, interestingly enough, there you mentioned to me that you thought that the car being parked in a different space there was not too out of the yeah. ordinary. She could have just pulled up in a hurry that day or right. running late. Who knows?
1: Exactly. I think for me, that evidence is not. I mean, I'm not a police officer, of course, but I just think that's just it's it's much of a muchness that sort of evidence. Like you know, your
0: opinion's good enough for me, <laughs> it's buddy. It's
1: true, but like I actually made this. Paris not to sort of cut into the synopsis too much like I drive past say like the Wimber Business Centre every day into town and I notice people's cars I know still work there because I had an office there so I probably would notice if one of their cars was in a weird spot or was parked up against the back fence or something like that but then again I mean I think that's just circumstantial like she could have been in a hurry that morning or was you know she went to get something from the car I mean who really knows but let's continue all right
0: let's jump back into this owning a hair salon was Patrice Andres dream come true her husband Rob old money bags Rob here John helped her (laughs) purchase. And remodel it to perfection After she disappears Rob is devastated And claims he doted on Patrice Which is well He definitely did And loved her with all his heart Patrice's son Pistol Best name ever Family and friends disagree They claim he was jealous Possessive And controlling And Patrice was getting ready To divorce him That's big right there Massive Yeah. The already strained relationship Between Rob and his stepson Pistol Totally disintegrates With the disappearance Of Patrice Yeah
1: this is where The case starts to get very very suspicious there's a lot of misinterpretation and, and a lot of disagreement between Pistol, Rob and Patrice in terms of how their relationship was and this yeah. is where it starts to get a little bit creepy and this is where the theories start to creep in but let's continue the synopsis so though her family hopes and prays that Patrice will return her disappearance has all of the signs of an abduction family, police and friends comb the area for weeks. Investigators create a timeline based on Patrice's customers that day and her cell phone calls and identify a narrow 13 minute window of time when the abduction took place which is the name of the episode so between I think it was like 11:37 37 and 11:50, 50 when I think a follow-up phone call came into the salon which she did not answer they think that's the, got the answer in it somewhere that's when she went missing or she was abducted
0: yeah and interesting enough they were sort of questioning up Rob and Rob's even like it would have had to have been somebody that knew her schedule
1: yeah 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 uh, definitely. for this
0: to all sort of go down but Rob has an airtight alibi which you're saying pretty much is very airtight yep. yep. yet he falls under suspicion because he knew Patrice's schedule, which we just talked about, Patrice's schedule, and would have known that she would be alone during those 13 minutes. Some believe Rob kidnapped and killed his wife because their marriage was unravelling. Rob denies this, saying they were happy. Patrice was totally devoted to him, and she was the love of his life, and he did say that that was news to him about the divorce. It's all hearsay. He
1: really did, man, and that's where it sort of starts to become a bit just sort of disjointed with all all the stories and you've got on one hand Rob saying essentially they had a happy marriage things were going well on the other hand you've got Pistol saying they were arguing they were you know she was threatening divorce all these sorts of things and even at the very start of the show one of the questions that she asked Pistol was if if you were to leave or to go where would you go as if maybe she had some suspicions that something was going to happen
0: yeah that's an interesting one right there if she was to go that means she was going to disappear you would assume that she would take him with that was really bizarre to me as well it wasn't like like, would you stay here with Rob or come with me? It was yeah. where would you go yeah. if I was to leave? So maybe she was odd. worried for her life. I, I odd, don't know. It's just
1: strange, man. And look, and one thing because you know when we first we just rewatched the episode, like I was a hundred percent Rob. Did it basically, and you were sort of obviously on the fence. Oh yeah, he's creepy, but I don't know. And 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 think I think one thing that uh, is obvious to me is, pistol was a shit of a kid. (laughs) Let's be honest, he He was he was a terrible kid by the sounds of things. But a lot of it still doesn't weigh up. I mean, he's only fifteen. Keep in mind, and obviously he went to live with his dad. But a lot of it doesn't weigh up when you see all these stories just being a bit disjointed. Like I can see why it'd be hard for investigators. But I think a bit like in the first episode, and we'll talk about this in a little bit. Maybe some sloppy police work as well in there somewhere and just assuming that you know that she'd been abducted uh, straight off the bat rather than even looking at the husband closely straight away. We'll get into that but you know my favourite part of this is going down that rabbit hole man and and searching through Reddit, searching online for some theories and some discussions that people have brought up and I think there's a few good ones here but it's really centred around Rob who uh, definitely isn't a model husband
0: Yeah Rob isn't really the uh, model husband sort of type and he's not the sort of guy that you'd want to hang around at all. He sort of has a category 12 out of 10 creep factor happening right there, but I'm still not 100% sold on the fact that he did it just because there's a couple of other things that come into play. But that's it. Rob may be the luckiest man in history, oh, if you yeah. want to call it lucky, for getting away with this yeah. just because of these other criminals that were sort of... Yep. I think they are a big factor yeah. in this one, John. But yeah. let's let's
1: jump into let's this. Let's jump down the rabbit hole. I may be the
0: stupidest person <laughs> in the world. I
1: may be the only one who think he may not have done it. <laughs> no, look, this is good. And you've actually... There's some doubts that have crept into my head as well. And look, just because he's a complete creep does not mean that he's he's a ser- he's a killer. He doesn't mean he's a killer exactly.
0: at all. Exactly. There's a lot of creepy people yeah. out there, man. But this guy wow he really does take the cake ticks, and i'm sure we'll he, jump into he ticks that
1: He a lot of boxes and even just looking you know through the documentary some of the photos of him and patrice and the way he's holding on to her like it was obvious that he was very possessive and even some of the the friends did mention that yeah but look i, I guess some of these theories maybe i can try and sort of weigh you either one side or the other just to you know get you let's the, on, see how on, we go because i have not Robert.
0: had <laughs> please no, please never refer to me as team rob ever again
1: all right let's 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 jump into these man and these are a bit sort of here there and everywhere because the documentary jumped around a little bit as well but so how about rob asking the funeral home to arrange the bones of patrice for him creepy Uh, as hell that is very creepy even after death it's almost like he still had to control patrice which i find that to be mega creep factor so not to mention he keeps the ashes in a cardboard box at the bottom of his closet and that's not really the actions of a loving husband he hasn't even gone to the effort to find an urn or something nice to to keep her in which sounds a bit Strange putting it that way, but it's and then he mentioned <laughs> at one point that he sleeps with her like a teddy bear, he, he sleeps with her ashes like a teddy bear. That is creep factor, but then again, like he still has her in the bag inside the box in the cardboard box. So, is he, is he sleeping there at night, cuddling a cardboard box? well maybe he
0: doesn't want the ashes to sort of get out through the bed trying to say that with you know
1: yeah 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 I, I don't know
0: like it is creepy man
1: that's like, That's I, creepy doesn't mean he's guilty of yeah. course let's it, continue like,
0: I yeah. 100% agree with where you're coming from there I think that is one of the most bizarre things ever and how you were saying how that he got the funeral home to lay out the body sort of thing Yeah. Rewatching this I forgot he was walking around with yeah, the skull with the skull and like, he
1: quickly said he said I picked up her skull oh I mean head like he quickly corrected himself when he said skull then he said head like as if like, interesting. It was just very, very. There's just some of And Look, I mean, you don't know. You can't put yourself in his shoes knowing how he would react to something like this. But 600 days later, I don't know. It just doesn't add up for me.
0: Yeah. And this was a very interesting part because this was the bit that I wrote down on my notes here, man. He said, This is the first time I'd seen her anywhere near intact. It was yeah. a very interesting. You The of last, words. last time
1: I saw her intact, I believe, was the yeah, wording that was he it, used. Yeah. It's very, it's, you've seen Dexter. It's very clinical the way he speaks, and it's very like, it's. Yeah, but he sort of gloats at the start. Yeah, like, you know, he he's does. got
0: the background in criminology or whatever yeah. he's saying, which sort of ticks a box against him as well, because he obviously does know what he's talking about. He
1: does. That, that, that's just very, it's so the creep factor's already turned up to 12 out of 10, like you said. But again, it doesn't mean that he's guilty. But, uh, and there was another thing, and a lot of the things that he says, you almost have to read between the lines, and then it sort of crosses into the territory of like, are we reading too much into it? But, that sort of time in the documentary he also said it's the first time he's seen that bag and he was getting quite emotional which i think seems like a complete lie to me he knew exactly how to pry open that little container with that pocket knife he keeps in his pocket which is yeah. you know maybe sus itself and he also mentioned he knew how much the bag weighed like it just that part just seemed a bit strange to me so you're telling me that 600 days you want to spend time with the body and pick up the head and waltz around with it but you get the ashes and you leave it in that box, in that container, and don't even take it out to look at it. That's That doesn't add up for me.
0: Yeah. Actually, when you put it like that, I think you're right with your next little bit there. Total creep. Yeah. That's a very good point, actually. So he's perfectly okay with walking around with the the head, but not exactly. pulling it. I don't know. But he knows how much it weighs. Yeah. It's, you know, yep. maybe the only thing I can think of here is is he didn't want to get the ashes you know, if he's cuddling it at night, you yeah. can't even believe I'm saying this. If he's cuddling it at night, you know, that, that could get messy, John, if it's out of, out of the <laughs> to
1: Get the dust bust around <laughs> and put her back in. But, yeah. but even like, just the point I said before about how he didn't even like, put her in a, an urn or... Or just something more presentable, like. But the the, the fact of the matter all, a, around all of these sorts of points is that he was just so possessive of it. I think that's the point that it's trying to make. But again, you know, creep factor number twelve, but it doesn't mean that he's guilty. But some of his actions around the time, and, and I'd like to get your thoughts on this a little bit on this sort of next section here as well. And locking pistol out of the house a night after the disappearance, or the night of the disappearance, like that's huge alarm bell. So Rob said he didn't let him back in the house just because he didn't like him. Like, and we've we've already mentioned that you know he sounded like he was a little turd when he was a kid but he's still 15 years old and he mentioned he doesn't want I don't want that mental drag on me having to put up with pistol and like what the heck man like he's 15 years old as I just said but it's almost like the day she disappeared He knew she wasn't coming back home. That's a big key factor for me here in that. And it's not until
0: I'm sort of reading that. If he's thinking that the wife's coming back home, he's not going to throw the kid out of the house, is he? Because she obviously loved her son. Yeah. And he was, you know, possessive of her. So he's thinking she's gone. He must have, and actually, that's a very so, big factor for me. Just thinking about that right yeah. now, because he would be all sorts of in the doghouse if he's the wife gets home and he's throwing the kid out, even on just the street. The,
1: even just the fact that if he thought she was going to come home, you've gone and changed the locks on her like that. That for me doesn't line up whatsoever, and. As That's person, big, man. I don't know a, how I haven't huge. thought of that.
0: Exactly. What you just said right yeah, there. Yeah,
1: yeah. He knew she wasn't coming yeah, back. Yeah, exactly. If your lovely wife went missing, your first thought is, I'm going to change the locks in case she wanders back home. Like, you don't know what's happened, foul play, like a mental episode, uh, something like that, and she's just lost her way or amnesia. You just don't know. You don't go and change the locks, man. And, and one person I found online mentioned this survey they, they stumbled across online of families of missing people, all which, firstly, they don't move for years in the hope that this person might come home they might recognize the house or like again amnesia you just don't know psychotic episodes so they don't move the house and they even leave their doors unlocked just in the hope that their loved one will come back after many years that's not the case at all here he changed the locks the that day she night. went missing yeah that's that night.
0: that's actually right there that is swaying me back yeah as you would like to call it off team rob <laughs> but that is right there is some very big evidence which I sort of I don't know didn't even put it together
1: yeah that's the thing man and, and this is the, the big alarm that's where the alarm bells go off and it's just weird and I'll mention a bit later on that the police didn't sort of see that as a sus thing they didn't even mention it in that documentary oh we thought Rob changed the locks was a bit weird like it, it's just like because he was so he was he's obviously like a, uh, a sociopath he's got his degree in criminology he knows how to think the right way he probably knows what to say to the police as well well he knew what to say he, he was did. there
0: giving some very quiet creepy sort of thoughts and aspects on things that went down throughout.
1: Absolutely, man. Now, here's the first theory that we can throw out there. And what if she was actually in the house at that period of time? What if she was in the house and that's why he wanted to keep pistol out of the house which sounds a little bit too obvious maybe but again we've got to go back to that that degree in criminology he knew how to work the police so she was found 600 days later after being reported what if rob had kidnapped her and just kept her in the house he could have killed her day one he could have killed her day 300 who who really knows and as we sort of learnt through that documentary he was completely obsessed with her and didn't want her to leave him and again like just not letting pistol in the house even he mentioned to get some photos or to get some clothes that's very suspicious
0: yeah you wonder if he's got any sort of dungeons or anything happening there total creep factor 1210 now. oh it's going but up the other thing is though johnny is the fact that he even went on this show sort of makes him yeah. look like he's got nothing to hide at the same time because yeah you know you want to throw back to last week's episode what was his name the best friend there oh, oh
1: porter. Yeah, porter yeah yeah porter yeah Porter
0: didn't go on the show yeah. that
1: that to me seemed guilty
0: yeah well, Straight front and centre. He's on the show, so I'm assuming he's nothing to hide, but...
1: Here's a thought. Here's a thought. Does he look less guilty being on the show, or does he look more guilty not being on the show? being that he was the husband. If he wasn't on there, does that make him look even more guilty? Yeah, fair so call. So it's, it's, it's a very tough one, isn't it? And especially <laughs> if this guy knows what he's what he needs exactly, to say. Exactly,
0: yeah. If you go back into his degree of criminology or whatever, yep, yep. he knows he has to do the show, otherwise he is going to mm-hmm. look bad.
1: Absolutely, fair absolutely. Call. And uh, So then on the Rob and the kidnapper sort of theory, and of course his alibi was airtight, as we'd already mentioned before, and all these receipts, and I think he clocked in at work or something earlier on, that's sort of what the police took to say, well, there's his alibi, uh, that it obviously wasn't him that did it, but what if he'd actually paid someone? They, you know, the cash was gone in the, in the register. Maybe that was their payment. Patrice's ring was gone. Perhaps that was part of that payment as well. Or Rob may have kept it, so he may have paid someone to kidnap her, bring her back to the house. And remember, remember how we mentioned about someone might have kept her as a plaything? What if it was him that kept her as a plaything before he killed her and dumped her? And he even again mentioned that you know someone could have used her as a toy that's your wife you're talking about
0: yeah we were actually talking about them We just when we rewatched it right then that to me is a fairly good theory because someone's obviously nabbed her I reckon I don't, yeah, I don't yep. think he's wanted in there and done it because no. you know with the blue cars and all this sort of thing that 30 minute time yeah. lapse and he has an alibi yep. and you're exactly right that is his wife he's talking about he's like I hate to say it but he was straight faced he was he there was... wasn't tears there was tears later but at this point in time he's sitting there straight faced going yep. I hate to say it but what if they used her as a toy it's like wow man
1: don't know. Like, I just, I'm just thinking about that in my mind right now. How could you say that about your wife? Given how possessive he was about her, you wouldn't even. That thought wouldn't even cross your mind if you were genuine about it. And again, we're just clocking that creep factor up higher and higher and higher. He's not guilty, well he might be, but you know, it's more just. Why would you even say something like that? You know, you've got any, you can say anything you like on this documentary. Why even mention that?
0: Yeah, I know, man. I just keep going back to the last point though, which I have just totally skipped over. Maybe yep, yep. because they didn't make a huge deal about it on the show, the changing of the lock the day that it happens. yeah, yep. That is beyond bizarre. It is. He op- knew she wasn't coming back. Exactly.
1: In your mind, he knew, well, she's not coming back. I'm just going to change the locks and see you yeah, later. I don't have to
0: deal with pistol like, anymore. What
1: if what if she just, you know, and, and these things happen in life. What if she just needed a little mental break and she just went, no, I'm just going to go. And she went for a walk or she caught a cab or she would have come home that, later that night or the next morning and the house is locked up. Yeah, and the sun's gone bizarre. too. Bizarre. Absolutely yeah, crazy. bizarre. So then on those receipts and then the clocking at work, basically his alibi, that's where he sort of started to brag about it. You remember how he was saying he had that degree in criminology and all that kind of stuff? Exactly. He made a big, big, big point about the gas station that he went to, had the receipt from being 45 minutes away. That in itself is a little bit strange. Could he not have found a closer gas station? That is a long way to go to fill up your car. And what about another theory? What if? How do we know that receipt was even from him? Like, how do we know it wasn't someone else who went and filled it up and he just took the receipt as his alibi? It, like, it's just very strange. But you'd reckon the police would check the distance, sort of, between his house and the gas station. And if there's several in between and closer that's a big red flag for mine
0: that is a huge red flag right there and we're just going to assume that the police have done their job there and this all had to (laughs) I would just assume and assuming you know makes an ass out of you and me Mm. you would assume that this all sort of seems legit and maybe that was the closest one I do not know but yeah that is red flags all over and if we're picking up on this surely the police would
1: surely man and look this leads me into a point a little bit later on about the police work but it'd be like me we're sitting in in your office at the moment here's a receipt here it says you're at the post office I'm going to take that right now, which says that I was at the post office last week. Yeah, how is there any proof that that actually happened? So it just, it just, it all starts to seem a little bit blurry. But to me, it's a. Uh the creep factor's heading straight up, man. But uh, yeah. on that bragging point as well, and he, and I've already said this, he wanted to make it very clear that he had that degree in criminology. He actually laughed after he said it, if he sort of noted that. Yeah. It's almost like he knew what he had to do to cover up what he did. Uh, and it's kind of like he thought to himself, you know, I know about enough about the police work to make sure I had my time stamped at work, the gas station receipt from a location that was too far away to even make it look like he had access to his wife in that 13 minutes like it's almost like he had it all all sort of worked out and he was he was just smug about it which you said before which is just look the creep factor is going up and that little guilty meter is starting to head up uh, yeah. north as well for me
0: yeah no it it most definitely is it all sort of is a little bit all too convenient Mm -hmm. isn't it
1: it really is man and this is where you said before and this sends shivers down your spine and the actual quote he said was the last time i that was the last time i saw her anywhere near intact that's a bizarre thing bizarre choice of words
0: right there
1: yeah then then he goes on to actually speculate how the body could have got into the woods he said maybe someone shoved her in a wheelbarrow like who would say that about your own wife again
0: He thinks he is Mr. Criminology, that is Mm. for sure. Uh, These things I have all put down to being just a creepy, (laughs) creepy dude, which, you know, there's no denying the fact that he is a creep, but when you're starting, you sit here and you go through it all. It's just some of these other factors, which I'm not sure, are in your rabbit hole, which we'll jump into later, that make things, I guess, a little bit better for
1: him and and his
0: alibis and whatnot.
1: It's the only thing that's sort of not really lining up is some of these serial killers, which I'll let you discuss shortly. And another thing that doesn't line up with Rob, when he said that they never argued and two different people including one of the friends and pistol of course he lived with them said that they argued frequently and rob was actually shocked when they mentioned that the divorce papers were handed out or whatever it was he said oh that was news to me and his pistol saying that she'd spoken about divorce with him and he's just flat out denied it so yeah that i mean and then we're also and this is a bit like the case from last week are we just taking one person versus the other it's one person's recollection of what actually happened you know there's always there's three sides to an argument there's your side there's my side and there's the truth so Mm. who knows what that could be there but I mean the, the divorce thing and the argument thing just sort of sits a bit funny for me like I said you got Pistol saying that they were fighting all the time and you got Rob saying that they had a happy marriage
0: yeah, and obviously he's going to be saying that. Yeah, I hear what you're saying, yeah. man. And
1: then you think about it, like if he's so possessive about her, you know, rather than her divorcing him and taking off maybe with someone else, he thought he'd just he'd keep her for well, himself. Well, let's just
0: face it in one of my notes that I had down here, Johnny, he was definitely batting above his average for a yeah. bit of an Australian oh, yeah. term there. He was 50, she was 30 when they met. Mm. So mm. he's the old dude. She's obviously, well, I shouldn't say obviously, obviously there's more to it than his very charming good looks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So yeah, he's not going to do any better than that.
1: No, nah, not not whatsoever. And then it's yeah, that that, that part to me, yeah, you know, just seeing how possessive he is, even you know years after she's passed away, still is very strange. But the one thing that threw the, the I guess, the spanner in the works you can chat about is the these serial killers that popped up. So there were two active ones in the area at the time. And this is where it sort of starts to get a bit cloudy for me.
0: It's very cloudy and very convenient for Rob. Like this, to me, I do, my initial thoughts, and now I actually don't know. I'm going to say yeah, like yeah. I do not know, but my initial thoughts were Rob, total creep bag, stooge, a-hole of a man, yep. horrible, horrible person. I would not want nothing to do with him, but I didn't think he had anything to do with sure. it. I yep. thought it was one of these serial killers. One of them actually confessed to it, he man. Did, yeah. and, and then there was this other one. Who have we got here? The killer is Gary Hilton, whose favourite time of the day was lunchtime. Yeah, yeah. Again, though, you could look into things going, well, Rob knew this. Yeah, You, know, yeah, you, you don't know, I'm just thinking that now. But his hair salons were his favourite place to do these things, and he'd go in asking for money.
1: Yeah, very and strange. And
0: money was missing.
1: It, it, it's true, and just to sort of add to that point, like, it does have the sort of, uh, the makings of either a serial killer or someone who just knows what they're doing. Like, the fact that they knew that she was going to be free then, like, they are in and out in 10 minutes. Like, that's yeah. very, very quick. So it does have the makings of it but the second guy was a Jeremy Jones actually admitted that he did it he confessed to it
0: yeah but like you were saying to me a lot of these serial killers like to gloat about these yeah. things and claim them just to you know up their whatever like you their call status it. or yeah, whatever their you, status. yeah their status like I've killed more people than you sort of thing like it's something that we can't even think about mm. it's unimaginable mm. but these creep bags are like that so he admitted to it and then he took it back but the police officer did say he knew some bizarre things yeah that yeah. just don't add up that how could you know this if you didn't do it sort of things and that's where Rob sort of looking a little bit just creep bag and it was one of these serial killers my initial thought was it was one of these killers man and
1: and, and as as we discussed they did mention in the show about how there was some evidence they were withholding that a person that was there would know and that's sort of like their key part of the case at this stage and that kind of makes me think with these two serial killers they must have thrown something at them that they couldn't sort of uh, recollect or it must be something along those lines that have cancelled these guys out because you can't have one guy who fits the bill and another guy who admits to it or confesses to it and then not see that through. So my sort of thoughts is that that evidence they've withheld from the show, these two guys mustn't have been able to to sort of, you know, yeah. count, count for or whatever.
0: Like there was a blue feather on the yeah, body something or like something that. and these yeah. two guys don't know about yeah. it and only the killer would know that said exactly. blue feather was there or whatever. Yeah, I hear yeah, what you're saying. It does seem it seems weird to have someone actually confess to it and then, you know, not go down... Yeah, that path.
1: <laughs> that, a lot of that doesn't add up for me, man, and so I think that's sort of almost one thing that works in Rob's favor. But he was a criminologist who no, he might have known that these guys were on the loose. You know yeah, what I mean? And then fair call. Then you sort of look at well, you know, if you had read a newspaper article, all the information that Jeremy knew would have been in the newspaper as well. Do you know what I mean? So, and one thing that would have been really interesting is obviously they said he confessed to a whole bunch of these murders at the same time. I wonder if any of those were just ones that he made up. Do you know what I mean? Like it was this the only one out of ten that he didn't do? So it's of it's, interesting, yeah, it's yeah. interesting. That's sort of
0: the information that we don't have. We're yeah. just going off like a you know a forty-five minute series on on netflix there but these are the things that you need to know i guess to get to the absolute bottom of it yeah
1: absolutely man and then this is where i mentioned earlier about the police work and not that we want to put down anything that what the police have done but maybe there is a bit of sloppy police work at place and and uh cummings or the town where they where they live only had a population of five thousand people at the time surely 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 they could chase up everyone who owns one of those cars that they described in the show for questioning like they had three potential models of these blue Cars. There's five thousand people. I'm sure they can narrow that down to five within a, a one, you know, one minute search of their database. But
0: was that car from that? It town? was,
1: yeah. So the the first one that the lady mentioned in the document, she had the Georgia number plate. So this is where that's the state where the town is. So that could be anywhere in Georgia, though. Well, it could be, but then I'm sure they could do a search and see if there's any in the area, just as a starting point. The point being is that they were hoping that people would call up with information on these cars. They obviously haven't gone. Well, let's just do a database. Search. Yeah, let's do
0: a database. Who's around? Yeah,
1: particularly when you consider that her body was found 10 miles or whatever it was from, from the salon. Like, this all happened in a very small area, in a small town mind you. That fire. I think that that town size to me is is a big factor, I reckon. Like, it's not like they were trying to find someone in Melbourne or, you know, in, in Los Angeles. Or in like a yeah big it's capital city. It's a little country city. town. It's you know? smaller
0: than where we are here. Exactly. And they mm. found the
1: body at the back of a church. Like, it's just, it's all very, you know, it's very convenient in a lot of ways. And then sort of on that topic, and I, we might have mentioned this before, uh, off air, but did the police actually search the house? And the thing with that is that no doubt Rob would have had them sort of all worked out with his alibi but then again he changed the locks I mean surely they'd go after a week of searching and she hasn't turned up geez what's Rob up to oh mate you've changed the locks that's a little bit suspicious yeah, maybe we why should would talk you to change more.
0: the locks you've already let go of it have you there buddy
1: absolutely and you, you can tell you can definitely tell that Rob's alibi would have been so airtight because he did mention that they took him in for questioning his alibi would have been so airtight He would have obviously planned that, that there's absolutely no reason for a judge or whatever to say, well, go search his house because there's some holes in it. Like he had Mm. it all worked out. So again, it's just, if your wife goes missing, the first thing you don't think of is what's my alibi? Oh, yeah. where was I? You know, you, you're out there, you're looking, and you're sort of, you know, that that bit for me just just you, doesn't sit right.
0: Exactly. It's kind of like the wife from last week's episode. Like, she acted like someone whose, you know, yeah. husband went missing. Oh, yeah. Well, we obviously knew. Well, she did. She was leading a big search party was, and whatnot. Yeah. Actually, if yep. you compare those two cases, they're – both similar in a sense that the person just goes missing yeah. one just got found a hell of a lot sooner but that wife you could you never once doubted her did you nah, you never thought oh it could be her whereas rob everyone's got that yeah. spotlight on him <laughs> which they always do of course but
1: just on the police side of things as well and maybe this is sort of why they may have searched the house but it was probably too late at that point point. and i'll just quickly read the note here but it sort of seems as though uh they they may have assumed that it was just something some sort of foul play or something bad that happened so they arrived at the salon they saw the money was gone and the food was in the microwave and then just assumed she was kidnapped during a robbery and that might explain why they went and took Pistol out of school assuming that he, he could have been in danger like they mm-hmm. went straight to his school and they they you know remember we were saying they could have waited to the end of the day even but like you know they went and they took him out of school and they, they obviously thought that he was some sort of some sort of danger so even though Rob may not have been a suspect straight away by the time they might have had that second thought about him it was probably too late he'd probably done whatever he had to do
0: yeah 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 very true man mm. Ooh, it is very a doozy strange. isn't
1: it and I've got I've got one wacky theory. This is just way out there. Not even that far out there, but just a very strange one that I saw on one little forum post somewhere. So assuming Rob was actually at that gas station that he spoke about, like, you know, 45 minutes away where he had that receipt. So Patrice disappeared on April 15th, 2004 and daylight savings started 11 days earlier on the uh, on the 4th of April. What if he knew that the machine or the, the, the petrol station he was at was sort of faulty or, or run down or old and the receipt actually had the wrong time on it? Yeah. Just a wacky theory that out there. That is a wacky out there. Wacky theory. wacky theory, but uh, he could have actually you know abducted her then gone there afterwards and because you know the receipt would have been an hour behind because it wasn't adjusted for daylight savings time and keep in mind you know we're talking about a small town in 2004 it's very likely that someone had to actually manually change the time <laughs> on the receipt machine i mean who really knows but there's just a wacky way out there sort of theory i thought was kind of cool it's
0: like us changing the times on our car Usually yeah exactly. we just let it
1: go through until the next sort of daylight savings? Yeah, exactly you don't even worry about it. I'm, I'm very much in that uh, in that sort of boat but uh, one thing i thought this was very similar to was our old friend carol baskin carol- i thought it's Baskin. Very similar to that situation. Like, she's completely sus, but there's just no hard evidence to tie to the case.
0: Yeah. Well, that is very true, right there. Carol Baskin and Rob should hook up, man. Yeah, that would be a
1: good parents. <laughs> they, they would be. But just sort of to sum the whole thing up, man, like, either way, I do feel like Rob is basically the lowest kind of human being. So he locks his wife's son out the day she goes missing, doesn't even let him come in to take a photo or any clothes or anything, keeps the remains so he never gets a chance to say goodbye and for any sort of clothes but say what you will whether he's guilty or not but i just i just think he's pure evil to be fairly honest and you almost hope that he is kind of guilty and gets caught because like just going back to the point that i think's the one that sums it all up that you know if he was he was hoping hoping that she was still alive you're not going to go and change the locks on your house mm. you're going to hope that she comes running in the door one day and you know she's healthy and she's happy and she has an explanation i guess but i, I really do think either even if he's not guilty a bit like Porter, in uh, episode one. He's just an absolute scumbag.
0: Yeah, 100 I do not disagree with anything that you said right there. And it's nice to see too that there's a whole petition to get yep. his pistol, his mum's ashes back, which I think is a great thing. That's happening on Reddit at the moment, yeah, isn't it? Yeah,
1: and there's a whole community to sort of support him because obviously, you know, who <laughs> who you say is the rightful owner? But I do feel at least he gets his chance to be at ease and, and have some sort of closure. Like He's literally come home one day, his mum's gone. He's never seen anything of her from that point. Like, I find that just to be heartbreaking breaking for him
0: oh absolutely poor dude right there and like you say he he is pure evil he's an absolute scumbag of a human being like throwing a 15 year old kid out on the street changing the locks not letting getting any of his possessions no photos that is just a very very bad man right? it
1: really is and 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 if you love that woman so much
0: That's it, her
1: son. Yeah, exactly. You know right. what I mean? Like, exactly. yeah, it is
0: an absolutely crazy, bizarre story. I initially thought he didn't do it. Now after going through all of these <laughs> theories and whatnots down your rabbit hole, I'm like, I'm not liking the idea. But I'm thinking the kidnapper theory is not a bad one, yeah. where he's paid someone to kidnap a sort of deal, maybe in this blue car. He probably sat in the house there for a, a good minute. Possibly. Who knows, yeah. man? It is. Yep. Uh, but then this is the only thing. These two serial killers.
1: We're just assuming. Like, you just like, love to know what the. Yeah least yeah. know
0: and exactly. why they've sort of ridden it
1: off so my sort of thoughts on it on the serial killer side I only just sort of thought of this as we've started talking there must be that key evidence that they withheld that cut those serial killers out whether it was something she was wearing or, or something along those lines but there must be a key piece of evidence that those serial killers couldn't account for that they've just sort of I guess, just dismiss them as, as potential suspects in this case. But my theory, and, and it's a pretty it's a pretty wild one, is I think that they, they did have some troubles in their in their marriage. I mean, if you're a 15-year-old kid, you're going to remember your mum and stepdad fighting and oh, not getting definitely. along. And, and and in a lot of ways, you know, the mum's going to talk to you as the kid about, look, I have to divorce him, we have to do this, we're going to leave, you know, that kind of thing. So I would think he would be more in the know. And that's the stuff that's going to stick with you as a 15-year-old kid. Those conversations, the last conversations you had with your mum. Yeah. So my sort of thought is that he knew that she was about to leave him like whether the divorce papers had been passed over and I reckon that he's, he's had her kidnaps he's had his fun and then he's taken care of her I, that's honestly what I think just the fact that the body was found so close to the salon there's so many things that are just very sus the way he acts I mean I know that's not a, a sign of being guilty but yeah. you know I just think that he's got this degree in criminology he knows how to stooge the police and imagine what the police are like in a town of 5,000 people it's probably the first abduction they've ever dealt with you know yeah, like I just
0: all very good yeah. points there Would be probably the first one because that is, yeah, like we say, they're smaller than here. Exactly. And you'd think that if something happened here, the town that we're in, yep. you'd know about it. Someone would know, yep. sort of thing, yep. which sort of leads on to the, the theory with Alonzo sort of thing, exactly. how he, he ended up being put back, we reckon. He like, did. yeah. Because yeah, they yeah. tooth combed that area. Yep, they Surely did. they tooth combed this area. Yeah, you'd reckon. I'd say the more I sort of look into this, I'd say that, yeah, she was taken and yep. then. Yeah. Disposed of later. Exactly. Not straight away. I
1: agree with that. That's what I think. I reckon he's had her tied up somewhere. That's why he didn't want Pistol to come back into the house. It has got nothing to do with the fact that he doesn't like him. The kid's 15, for goodness sake. Like, at least let him come in while the search is happening. But it's not like, and they didn't really talk much about what Rob did after it happened, other than that he had this alibi and he was all fine and everything. But, you know, he wasn't, he obviously wasn't out there putting up posters and and searching and being like, go back to last week again. Exactly. She was
0: out there leading the charge for the search party and whatnot. We're not. Sure, what he was doing, all he was was trying to prove his innocence. I guess
1: exactly right, and that's the same with the the case about Lonzo as well. His family were out there scouring everywhere to try and find just a trace of him. And Rob was just worried about his alibi and being innocent. I just that just that really does not sit right for me. But I reckon those two guys, I reckon they've they've ruled them out for a reason. So it's either it's Rob and he's covered it up really well, or it's just a a random attack. Like I just I can't say there being any any sort of middle ground in there. Yeah,
0: well, it goes back to the. Those lock's being changed too there's some mm. very big key points in here that you just like alarm bells going yeah. off everywhere yeah, and
1: definitely. if these
0: two serial killers like you're saying if there is something that they that has been put to them which they can't sort of say that they knew about it maybe has to be it has, it has to, to be, be. otherwise it's too obvious yeah. I guess
1: yeah but one thing above all else just a sort of a final point is this had to be the saddest case of that entire series like your heart just pours out for Pistol like I said before he just one day he just never saw his mum ever again not even the remains or anything like that Like that. She was just gone. He was kicked out of home. Like, that just absolutely breaks your heart. And that's why it's awesome to see your communities like Reddit. They've got a whole subreddit for him, like, you know, just sort of supporting Pistol. I don't know if he's been on there. I'll have to actually have a look at that. But, like, it's the most heartbreaking case in the whole series. And I just hope that he gets some closure.
0: Yeah, I'm sure he will. Like you said, like with some of those other ones, surely. Rob Man they should do a full number On Rob's house yeah. I reckon There could yep. be a little basement Or anything happening there
1: Who knows Who knows Yeah exactly man I'd love to see that investigation And, and that, again like we've said before All these cases are being Re-investigated Basically Basically because of the show And fingers crossed When we get You know the next six episodes There could be an update On, on this one And like I said Out of all of them This is the one I'd like to see Get solved Just so Rob has that closure Because it's just It breaks your heart
0: It really does It's interesting you say Out of all of them though Because there's a few in there That are like wow Yeah Like next <laughs> (laughs) week's episode, I would love to get closure on that one, and Alonzo's, that's also very sad right there, but we have a whole bunch of these to go through, it is The Unsolved Mysteries, if you haven't checked it out on Netflix, it's one that people have been saying they haven't been able to sleep afterwards, so it's, it's full on, but definitely check it out, we'll give our rundowns, our thoughts, and of course, take them as you will, because we're far from experts <laughs> of
1: course we are man but next week's episode or next uh, podcast episode is probably my, my personal favorite one actually there was a lot of reading in that episode being in French, but, um, the, the whole the whole case around that and, and the guy's sister has been campaigning online to say that he's innocent so there's some fantastic theories down that rabbit hole and we'll cover it all next episode
0: oh yeah but before then we have another episode of grey wolf wrestling heading your way on a tuesday and of course you boys will be back oh yeah with grey wolf 40. look for that one on friday as well the network keeps ticking over
1: that's right man and stick stick around for more on check out the website for all the details greywolfentertainment.net. this has been another presentation from the gray wolf entertainment network